Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Navigating Your 20s. This is your host, Scott Rockman. And today we're going to be talking about how to negotiate your salary. I know for me, this is something I was really uncomfortable with. And I've had an amazing time getting to know Sarah Metzger, our first guest. So Sarah is a certified educator in personal finance, and she has so much to share. We might have her on future episodes. We'll see. But for this one, we're going to talk about how to negotiate your salary. So my first question for you is, I know a lot of people might be entering an entry-level job or an internship, and they're just unsure, should everyone negotiate your salary? How does that work? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Whenever you can and at all possible, negotiate your salary. And there's really two big reasons why I would say to negotiate. The first is that negotiating really does impact your earning power over time. In other words, where you start with your salary is usually going to be the biggest indicator of where you will end up once you get to the end of your career and you're about ready to retire. And so By negotiating, you really do retain the power to increase your overall lifetime earnings. Exactly. And you mentioned that it compounds on itself. So when you're looking at the salary that you have, oftentimes when you're going for a second job or even going for a raise, they are basing that off of your initial salary. So the higher you can get it, it's going to have this ripple effect where everyone's going to be looking at that when you're applying for a new job or going for a raise to base your new salary off of. So it's so important just to keep increasing it as much as you can. And so I know you all Also, in your second point, you wanted to talk about the gender gap because the reality of the fact is that men are much more likely to negotiate their salary than women, Mm -hmm. and that can lead towards this wage gap that we see. That is the second really big reason why it's important to negotiate your salary. It is the mechanism by which we work to close that pay equity gap that exists out there. And so what we know is that right now, like latest census data from 2020, women are earning about 82 cents on the dollar compared to men. So for every dollar a man makes, a woman is earning 82 cents. And, you know, when it comes to that gap and BIPOC women, it's even worse. So when we look at Latina women, they are earning about 58 cents on the dollar compared to men. And for black women, they're earning 63 cents on the dollar compared to men. So this is serious. It's huge. I mean, any gap is not great, but those gaps are staggering. And so, you know, it becomes really important for women, especially to build out their skills around negotiation, learn as much as they can to feel confident and to be clear when they go into negotiate to really combat the pay inequities that exist out there. And we can all do our part. We all contribute to breaking down that gap when we negotiate our salary. Yeah. And you mentioned that negotiating your salary is just a part of the problem. There's other factors too, but it's definitely a great first step that you can take active control of in your life to increase your pay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I wanted to ask you, there's a lot of confusion. At what stage should I be negotiating my salary? Negotiate after you've received an offer and only after you've received an offer. Not during the process. You want to wait till afterward. Correct. So you always want the employer to name a figure first. And that's typically going to come in the form of a job offer, like a written email or a written letter that you receive. What I will say, though, is it's not uncommon for that conversation to come up sooner than you expected and not because you brought it up. (laughs) Yeah. So I know for me, when I've been applying to jobs, I've seen on an online application that they'll ask, 
you know, name your desired salary. And it's a fill in the blank. And I'm like, you're not even going to give me a range to begin with. I have to be the one deciding this. And then I have no idea where to start. So how would you suggest someone navigate, whether it's an online application or they ask you in an interview? How are you supposed to respond if you shouldn't negotiate until after you receive an offer? It is not uncommon for a job application to solicit your pay history as well as your desired salary. And it's less common, but still entirely possible that an interviewer might ask you about your desired salary. In either of those cases, you're looking to deflect or not answer the question right away. Your best time to negotiate, like I said, is going to be when you have that offer in hand. But if the questions about pay are coming up early on in a job application, for example, in the little box where it asks you how much were you last paid, you don't have to fill that box out. Or if you do, because there's a little red asterisk that makes you fill it out, you can plug in NA. Or you could put fair market value. You can. I guess it depends on what kind of characters it's going to allow you to plug into that box, but absolutely. And I want to be clear too, that in some states and cities, asking that question is illegal. Companies, employers, they're not allowed to ask that question. So as a job seeker, do a little bit of sleuthing to figure out what your rights are, what the law is around pay transparency and pay history. And then if you are sitting down at the interview table and an individual asks you what your desired salary for that position is, deflect in that case. Say something like, I'd like to learn more about the job role before I set my salary expectations. Yeah. And also, I wonder, could you ever throw it back at them and say, you know what, I'm really not sure what is the average pay that you would give to someone in this position like have them give you a number first yep you bet i mean you can do whatever you want but that's not a bad strategy either i think it's so important too you said you want to deflect until after you've received an offer you don't want to be disqualified because of the number that you say but also you don't have the full scope of information in order to answer that question it's actually frankly, unfair for them to be asking you that, right? You're thinking about, you know, I don't know the salary that they're starting with. I don't know necessarily all of the responsibilities of this position. Usually you want to look at the actual written offer letter because that's what they base your salary on and everything else. Precisely. So based on that, let's just say that we are lucky enough to be offered a position at the organization that we're applying to. They say, congratulations, Sarah, you've gotten a job and they give you a salary and you're going to negotiate, right? Because everyone should. Can you walk us through what that process looks like? What happens when you've gotten that offer, you get the little blurb that says how much you're going to be paid, and you're going to start negotiation? Yeah, absolutely. You want to figure out what fair market value for you in that position is going to be. So that's really step one. And that's going to involve going on to an online salary database. There's a ton out there. And what's really cool about these databases is that they're going to help give you a picture of what others in the workforce are earning in that similar position. It's going to give you a sense of what others are earning so you can help figure out for yourself what is fair market value for you? What is fair pay for you as an individual. Yeah. So based on that, I know Glassdoor has a lot of data. There's other sites too. Do you have any that you would recommend? I really appreciate salary.com. I like it because the user interface is really nice. Like it's really easy to click through and search positions and then take a look at the data that they provide back to you about what others are earning. I also like NACE, which is the National Association of Colleges and Employers. If you do a quick Google search for their salary calculator, it will provide that market data as well. And so it gives you a nice objective picture of like what's going on out there for folks in this industry. 
Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned industry, right? We're looking at more than just this position. We're looking at the industry. We're looking at the organization. We're looking at a variety of factors. The location that the job is based in is big too, right? Mm -hmm. Because all of these factors contribute into the salary. So we're looking at these factors. We find this range because it's not just going to be one consistent number, right? It's going to be a range and we're looking at that. What do we do next? You mentioned Glassdoor, Scott. I mentioned salary.com. There's a couple of different places where we can pool data together to get a pretty comprehensive picture of what fair market value is. I want everybody to be able to construct for themselves a bell curve. And on that bell curve, they're going to see what that median pay is and then what folks on the high end and the low end of that range are making. Then you're able to really create your own target salary. Identify what is going to be fair for you based on those factors you talked about, right? Your education, your experience where you live, kind of industry you're getting into, as well as other things, right? There's a lot kind of at play there. So you're going to be able to see where do you plug in here? Aim for the median, right? The average pay that folks are receiving. But from there, whether or not you move your target a little above the median or a little below the median is going to be influenced by those factors. So for 20-somethings who are just about to graduate college or they've already graduated and they're in that first job, you may consider putting your target a little below the median, a little below the average. And somebody, conversely, who's been in the industry for a little while, they've got maybe 10 years under their belt, maybe they have an advanced degree at this point, you know, if they're out there and they're job hunting and they're preparing to negotiate, they're setting their figure probably a little bit beyond that median number. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide what your target is, but that is from industry professionals, the suggestion that one would make. Okay, so we have this data in hand, and I like the way that you broke it down. How do we go about presenting it to our employer? Yeah, it's not like you're bringing in a trifold poster and you're like, well, let me give you a quick presentation exactly. on why I should earn this pay, right? So you want to have these figures in mind, but then it's the art of communicating this information to the person that you're negotiating with. I want to preface really quick to say, like, you've got your target salary in mind, and you're bringing that number in with you to the negotiation. You also have the top end of your range set. So your target is the bottom end of your range. The top end of your range is something like 10 to 20% beyond that target. And you've also got a walkaway point set, which is a little bit below your target. And that's the absolute like, I'm not going to pursue this job any further. Once you have that range identified for yourself and you walk in to have the conversation, you're not bringing your trifold poster, you're bringing yourself as your best piece of evidence. The goal is to be able to communicate to the employer the value that you're going to add. They already extended you a job offer so that they they know that you are somebody worth bringing on to the team. Let's say you get that job offer and it's less than you expected in terms of salary. Okay, now is the time for you to double down on explaining why you are such a great addition to the team. And so this is your opportunity to not only bring the numbers and say, here's what fair market value is, but to also be able to share what we call value statements. And the value statements, once crafted, are really going to be the backup. It is your evidence for explaining why you're bringing this value and you are worth more than the figure that they initially offered you. Yeah, this is your sales pitch. This is the, hey, not only do I have the data to back me up, I am going to sell myself. I'm confident in who I am. This is your chance to reference your experiences, right? 
right? What made you qualified? And being confident in yourself is so important. So I'm wondering then, can you give us an example of a value statement? Do you have just any blurb that we could hypothetically use? Yeah, I do. And I want to also give you a formula, a little recipe of like, how would you assemble this value statement, right? So it is you communicating your accomplishments, your skills, and your history of results all together. And these three components can be ordered however you want, right? You just need to have them there. And when crafting the value statement, my recommendation is go to your resume, go to your portfolio, your CV to be able to extract whatever you can to assemble these statements. And once put together, it's going to sound a little something like this. Thank you so much for meeting with me to discuss your offer. I'm really looking forward to joining the team. As you can see on my resume, I have experience managing a training program that created reduced turnover. According to my research, the typical range for someone with my qualifications in this role is 60 to 65,000. So given my existing leadership skills, I think this range is more appropriate. Can we talk more about that? So you've now opened the discussion about negotiating your salary. You've referenced your experience and you've provided a number based on looking at what they gave you in your offer letter. That's the reason you need to wait until you've gotten the offer letter. You need them to give you the number first. Now you're countering, right? First of all, what number are you giving them? You have this bell curve. What number are you giving them within that range? So you have a range. (laughs) You have your high end of that range, right? You've done your research on the position. Say, depending on how far away that initial offer was, like you could start at the higher end of your range, right? If it's maybe not so far away, it's an easier come together, right? But you have that top end of your range for a reason. So you can start at the higher end of your range and then come to a closer together point. If they counter you with an offer, you can counter back, right? You have the ability to counter back. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Hopefully you get to a consensus. But what if they say, Sarah, hey, thank you so much for sending this, but we're not going to negotiate this salary. This is our final offer. What happens there? Yeah, I mean, it can happen. There are definitely industries where it is harder to negotiate based on really strict pay bans that exist. Sometimes there are just those budgetary restrictions. So if that's the case, it's really important to remember that there are other pieces of your compensation package really important pieces of your compensation package that can be negotiated to. And so this is going to include things like flexible work arrangements, which is so big now. So many folks are negotiating if they're working from home, how many days a week they're working from home, what kind of devices are going to be provided to them by the company to be able to facilitate work from home. There's a lot of flexibility there we've learned since going through this pandemic. So flexible work arrangement is one option. You've got start date. And so I'm thinking about, okay, well, when do I want to start? this job, right? If you are someone who is still in school and you're thinking about like, okay, I'm going to be graduating here. Do you want to graduate May 5th and start a job on May 7th? Or do you want to have a little bit of a summer for yourself? Exactly. And you can also negotiate relocation or even I had a student in the course that I teach tell me that she negotiated a travel benefit, right? She's in a sales position. She wanted to be able to have her company give her some sort of monetary value for all of the travel that she's going to be doing, or at least increased based on what they initially offered her. So there's so much that you can negotiate that's a little bit more specific to your job. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to also just break down the misconception with you that a lot of people are worried that if they say, hey, I want to negotiate my salary, someone's going to take away their offer. No, 
generally speaking, folks in the industries that anybody's really trying to get into, like they expect individuals to negotiate. Unless there is a really specific no negotiation policy for that company, the expectation is that you will negotiate. It's money left on the table when you don't. It's to the benefit of the employer. Obviously, they have more money to retain in their budget, but the expectation is that, yeah, go for it. I will say that you are getting into a negotiation to have a conversation and not a confrontation. And so want to be kind, be clear, be confident. For anybody who's in their early 20s and they haven't yet negotiated salary and they have the opportunity to do so, do it. 